So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody to this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields. And over here to my left, we have Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm doing great, Rick. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Things are changing a lot in the last week, but eh, they changed a lot in the week before that. As Bashar would say, everything's a total change every moment, so get over it, right? Seems to be the theme of the times. That's the one, because big changes we were talking about just before the show. Um, I, you know, post current events on my wall, and sometimes people are like, where's your focus? I'm just having a blast watching all the changes. I'm, I don't particularly, I'm not particularly partial one way or the other about the changes, except that they're change. You know, <laughs> can't have change without change, they say. And, That's uh, true. Uh, but, yeah, Newsweek magazine, uh, long a staple of the weekly Here Comes Your News, is shutting down the printing presses January 1st, December 31st. Uh, they will be digital only. No more chop down trees for a week of news. I'm so excited about this um, because, it, to me, it's not that we really need validation as artists and authors, um, but I know of several other authors who have chosen to go the same route I have due to their concern for the environment um, and their recognition of the digital age as being the next step, who have chosen to publish print-on-demand and you know, try to encourage the usage of e-books. Um, and, and I know we've discussed on the on the show before that a lot of the grant givers are still not recognizing ebooks as valid publications or um, print on demand publishing as a valid and respectable quote unquote um, <laughs> publication means. But this to me is an opportunity for people in the publication industry to recognize that next step. And I think that Newsweek is on definitely on the right track. I think that it validates um, the demand to switch over to digital and, and we're saving trees, which is always cool. You know? Yeah. When, so, that's, when that's almost like a side effect bonus, but I think they've, you know, by the time they can get that magazine printed and out with a week's worth of news in it, everybody read that already online. And, um, 
you know, so many of the magazines that have gone digital only have been small publication specialty, you know, magazines. And uh, Yeah, but this is a, a major a major publication. Yeah. This so this is, is a recognition by a major publication that the digital age is here, kids, and that's you know, why are we still clean to and I'm not gonna deny that some people love to hold the book. I myself love to lie in bed. I still don't have an iPad as an author who publishes ebooks. I don't even own an iPad. I hate sitting in front of my computer and reading. I love to hold a book. But the recognition needs to be there that well, and ebook publishing and print on demand publishing is is the next step as far as environmental issues go for publishing. Why are we still publishing? all these newspapers that sit on shelves and then end up in the trash. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about putting your produce in, in plastic bags or your groceries in plastic bags because all you do is carry them home and throw it away. And that's not much of a use for a piece of plastic. Well, the same is true of all these daily newspapers. Um, you know, I suppose we do need a few newspapers around so people have something to put in the bottom of their birdcage. But, you know... Well, they're great for starting a fire with, yeah. but then so is the envelope that your bill came in or your mail or whatever. You know, I mean, we have digital billing now, too. So, um, And print-on-demand lets people like, excited. like you and I that I just love books. I love the way they smell. I love the way old libraries smell. I just – I'm a book guy, but I'm old, you know, and <laughs> and um, – you know, again, the young kids are probably looking at books going, it doesn't remember what page I was on. What is it? Where's the, does it have, it doesn't have a backlight? Oh, no, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to say that because but print my daughter on demand. is 15. And hold on. My okay. daughter's 15 and she loves the feel of holding a book. She prefers a book as well. So it's yeah. not, I don't think it's even an age thing. I think it's just a personal preference. But so the print point on is demand is lets you have one without there being cases and cases and cases of books sitting in a warehouse somewhere doing nothing. Exactly, exactly, and that's you know that's that's an awesome an awesome ability. I don't know if we'll ever get to the point where you know you can have a print on demand newspaper. That would be really random and weird. But to see a major publication, like I said, going digital, fully digital, no more tree killing, yeah. um, and no more wasted paper, and no more wasted ink, and no more chemicals. Because I don't know if people are aware of how much chemicals are used in the process. The process of printing, um, but it's quite in particular, it, and it's quite toxic to the environment and to the people who are working the presses. So, good for them. Yeah. Good for them. It's step in. It helps make fantastic it, new direction. Helps make it like you say. It helps make it okay for one all the people that were already doing that to be somewhat legitimized. But it also sort of is an energetic example and gives permission to Time and some of these other ones to do the same thing. I think Time should go digital with their magazine and then the you know four or five special editions they do, like when somebody famous dies or whatever. Yeah, go ahead and print some of those. People still like to collect stuff. And uh, I can't talk because I have collections and, of, and collections of stuff. Most of it, I don't know what it is and I want it to go away. But... <laughs> Anyway, we're uh, we're diving deep into the uh, patience test of our guest, but uh, it's just. But I bet your guest 
probably would love to chime in on this as um, a socially Actually, conscious author herself. I'm sure that she probably has a lot to so. say about this particular issue. Issue. So we'll we'll just go ahead and bring her in, and then we'll just talk about we'll talk about that, and we we might even talk about the Chinese newspaper. That was the other big change I spotted in the last few days. Um, but we do have with us tonight Elise Fee. Elise is an author, a poet, a transformational coach. Uh, she and I are connected on LinkedIn. Uh, you can get there from her website uh, that I put up in the chat room and have on the archive, uh, EliseOnLife.com, uh, .org, .com, .com. And... Um, uh, but amazing lady, I, I listened to her on Monday on uh, Bill's show over at Inner Child, and uh, and asked her to come on the show, and then was looking, and oh wow, she was one of the winners at the World Peace World po- Healing Poetry Contest that we said we were we volunteered and promoted, and you know, so Bill and I may have forgotten, but the universe remembered. George remembers. I put it George. George never forgets. Nestor, they're like elephants. <laughs> elephants forget though sometimes, so they're even better than that. But Elise Fee, welcome to the show. How are you, Elise? I'm great, Rick. Um, I just wanted to ask you. I'm hearing two versions of everybody, so I'm hearing like a minute delay and then a whole nother Uh-oh. version. Are you on our um, show page on on Blog Talk? No, I'm not. Oh, oh, wait a second. I take that back. Because if that's open, you need to mute that sound because that's where you're getting a time delay. Okay. It was open from a long time ago. Thank you. There you go. Now I'm set. <laughs> nah, <laughs> Thanks okay. for your technical help. Well, boy, that seven minutes of us bantering was probably very annoying with an echo in there. Well, there were just four of you <laughs> talking, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Me, myself, and I, and my partner. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a deal. Wow. So I guess before we get back to the whole newspaper thing, and I'd love to give you an opportunity as an author to chime in on that, I have to ask you, um, you know, the everyday connection question (laughs) so that our listeners have an idea of um, where you came from. So who the hell are you and what do you do? (laughs) Well, that's a great question. Um, I'm just an everyday person, uh, had a rough upbringing, and so I know what it's like to struggle in life and to um, not really know what it is to like yourself, let alone to love yourself, and not know how to fix that, and even wonder if there is a better way to live out there. Um, And I'm also someone who then, um, I guess I was lucky, I had a Mack truck inside of me that just drove me forward and... um, caused me to find out and learn and study and train in how to live so that I'm happy and peaceful. And so now that I've gotten to that place, I am just excited and I want to share it with other people and and teach them how they too can, you know, really enjoy life and find their joy and their passion and meaning and not live stressed out and um, constantly worrying. So I'm a coach and a mentor, and I'm also an author, and I write a blog, and I do inspirational speaking, so a little bit of all of that. Excellent. How, how did you get started um, coming from 
coming from you say that your background was a challenging one. And usually we find on the show there's usually a catalyst or a defining moment, sometimes multiple defining moments um, along that path in in search of self. Is there like one particular defining moment that you kind of woke up and went, okay, this is, that's enough. I don't want to be this anymore. I want more of life or was it just a, a natural progression? I'd say it was both. Um, there was definitely a progression and then there were key moments along the way. Um, I started out in marketing and advertising and um, had the skill set, but was having difficulty with bosses. And even though I was, you know, delivering on um, results, I was finding I got laid off or I would quit or I'd get fired. And it really didn't make sense to me. And so I basically went into therapy to try and figure out what was going on at work and found out that, you know, it really was more than work. It was more about me and my um, interpersonal skills, my ability to understand other people, um, and just all the dysfunction that, you know, a lot of us pick up as the baggage we pick up as we grow up in the different environments that we experience. And so I really worked hard to let go of all the things that I didn't like about myself. And that was kind of scary because it might sound weird, but when you let go of all the things you don't like and you don't know, then you sort of don't know who you are. Um, Those things were pretty powerful and defining for me. And then I was kind of in a, I like to consider it sort of like um the state that a caterpillar gets in in the chrysalis where you're just mush and you really don't know what's going to come out of it if you're going to survive, but you know you can't go backwards. And so that was a, a huge turning point for me. And coming out of that, I went into teaching and became a kindergarten teacher and absolutely loved it. And um, and from there, I made a couple other changes. But that was that was an example of a progression but also a turning point. Yeah, that's another uh, uh, more common than one might think theme is people, some area of life seemingly unconnected to spirituality is not working. And so then they try to figure out why that's not working, and then they figure out, wait a minute, <laughs> this you got to do the whole thing at once. It's not just pieces. Yeah. And I turned to psychotherapy as or counseling, whatever you want to call it, and it worked for me, and I know it doesn't work for everyone. And even that didn't lead me to the spiritual part. That came later. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's an evolving process, and everybody's path is absolutely unique. But that's the best part, really, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. is it? I mean, I don't really want to do what somebody else has already done. Because <laughs> what's the point? That's boring. Um, yeah, I'll get them to tell me about it around the campfire or on the radio. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, although there's there's a common thread within almost, I think, I'm, no, I'm going to put it on the line and say with, within every story that we've heard, there's always, you know, a common theme or thread. Each story is so individual and so unique Um and the way that people handle their different life crises, because it's usually a life crisis that that sets you on the path. And be it, you know, a spiritual path to begin with, 
um, it all ultimately ends up to the same place because it's really it's about healing of spirit and healing of the soul and um, life progression. So even if it doesn't seem at first like it's a spiritual path, it it is because everything mm-hmm. is. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, so it's just fascinating to me to see the differences in I, – and I don't know you well yet. I'm hoping that by the end of the show, we will know you quite well. But where you are now compared to where you were, marketing back in the day was even more cutthroat than it is now. And I can't even possibly imagine surviving that industry. <laughs> it always seemed an interesting mix to me, creative shorts and competition. It's most of the creative types I know are not that – they're very competitive with themselves, perhaps, but not usually so much with others, but I guess – Well, that's why there's different parts to the company. There's the part that creates, and then there's the part that goes out and sells. Ah. So, yeah. <laughs> you have the creative right. types and the cutthroat types. Okay, yeah, I uh-huh. got you. Yeah, as creative types, sometimes we're not so good at selling. <laughs> No, and usually they were very sensitive. So if a client said they didn't like something, you really didn't want the person who designed it listening to that. You don't want anybody to go into hysterics in them. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? My creations are like my children. How dare you? So true, so true. So how does one go from from marketing to um, being a creative entity? I mean... Wow. God. Well, it's it's been quite a journey, um, and so I detoured through teaching, and I actually uh, got involved with teaching because I wanted to show children moments of unconditional love, and I looked back at my childhood and I remembered some people who probably didn't think much of their contribution or their impact on me, but because I had felt completely seen and valued and loved, even if it was just for a few moments, I can remember those key people um, just incredibly clearly and uh, carried them in my heart and the way they made me feel um, and brought that back to bear at times when I, you know, didn't have any of that in my environment. And so I wanted to do that for children. And I worked at a pretty poor school, um, and there were a lot of children who were living in very challenging situations. And so I would have maybe 25 children in my class, and on any given morning somebody would come in crying and upset with something they wanted to talk about. And I didn't really have the time to sit and talk to that child because the minute you paid attention to one, the rest of the room would erupt and want the teacher's attention as well. So I referred the children for guidance counseling, but... In the state of Virginia, guidance counseling, the counselors are not allowed to counsel um, because they're not licensed counselors. So they can just teach um, basically life lessons. Um, And so that really wasn't enough for what these children needed. And I found psychotherapists at the local college and university who were in training and wanted um, to give their free services and, and offered that to the families. But the families uh, were working, you know, two and three jobs, and sometimes it wasn't the primary parent 
who was raising the children. It was someone in the extended family, and it wasn't like a legal custody setup, and so they were afraid to get too involved with the system. Someone might take their child away so or, or tell them that they're not a good parent or, or whatever. And so all of those were valid concerns that the families had, and so the children just weren't getting help. And then I decided to research, well, what other way would there be to help someone to cope with a bad situation without pulling them out of it. And I found, um, I read about a woman in Texas, whose name I don't recall right now, who had done some work with children with hypnosis and found that she could help them to easily shift their perspective and strengthen their coping skills. And so that's what I did. I left teaching and I became a hypnotherapist and worked with children and adults um, and had tremendous results. Um, And then from there, went into coaching and mentoring and, and doing some of the other things. So the the creative side of it, I've always had a creative bent and I've always enjoyed writing, but I really never wrote serious poetry. I'd write silly poems, but never anything serious until um, partway into my blog. And I'd been writing a lot of um, prose, I guess you'd say, and on my blog. And then all of a sudden, poetry just started showing up. And I noticed how effective it was at conveying things on multiple levels. In fact, very quickly, more so than the prose. And I got a lot of positive feedback from blog readers. And so I just kept going with it, and the inspiration was there. And so uh, at one point, I got inspired to enter a poetry contest, and then I won a publishing contract. And and then I got inspired about how to put the book together, and it just kept rolling. And that's kind of how it came about. It's just There is something about poetry. Uh, I don't know if it kind of, since it's different, kind of bypasses maybe part of the intellectual hamster wheel. I, I mean mind. Um, <laughs> but uh, a good story uh you know for starters but then somehow poetry gets story structure across sometimes in four or five lines it's it, it amazes me uh you poets and writers jane can poem some <laughs> three books worth of prose but narrative yeah i i've i've been i've been known to um to spin the occasional um web of of poetry but it's not it has to be a situation where it comes to me and I write it down when it comes I can't for the life of me I can't sit down and purposely write a poem um, I can't take an idea or a thought or an emotion and naturally put it into poetry at whim so um, poets who do that all the time just fascinate me. It just blows me away because, you know, I mean, the few poems that I've written, it's been, they come to me, I write them down and that's it. But I, I've never actually sat down and intentionally wrote a poem. Uh, so, you know, it's fascinating to me to, to, an entire book of poetry would, that would be a serious life challenge for me. <laughs> think I could pull that one off. I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, that's, wow. I don't know. We put you How in the you mountains in the studio it's... and just let you sit there and look at the sun come up and down and the flowers bloom and they might just start coming to you. You never know. 
I think no, even I mean, good not... prose like yours is stuff that kind of comes to you. Yeah, it's, it's true. like me and Nestor. I, think, I, think... I don't channel well on just you know. Okay, well, channel, and it's like okay, what? <laughs> but questions? <laughs> wow, <clears throat> Nestor can go off. Well, I guess creation's like that, isn't it? And it's, I mean, it's either you're feeling it or you're not. Um, so, you know, it's, it's so random the experience of creation. Yeah, even Martin Scorsese says he spends most of his time searching for inspiration. He said that may be just living my everyday life, but paying attention to where I am in the moment and finding the inspiration. That encouraged me that he has to look too. <laughs> but I digress. That is awesome. That you know, more validation. We love validation. Validation's fun. So have you been able to and this is a kinda hard question, but you've gone past the past working with the kids have you been able to keep in touch with the school and see you know is is the program still going for these kids are they still being offered assistance through other means it was was never officially through the school because hypnosis was still somewhat controversial um it was more um people who knew me who were still there teaching um brought or would recommend that um some of the parents bring their kids to see me and the parents either knew me or knew of me and brought their children and and there were tremendous results that came out of the work that the kids did so then the word spread um but no I'm not still doing work with them because I moved that was in southern virginia and I now live in southwest utah so um, I don't still work with the children there. Um, and my work has transmuted or transformed a bit. And so now I do more coaching, um, life coaching work, helping people to really, um, like people who are finding that they're just not satisfied, something's not quite all there with their life, even though maybe on the surface it looks like it is. Um, and so I work with people like that who really want to tune into their soul's deepest yearning and figure out um, how to live life in a way that feels good and feels meaningful and that they can feel confident and trust in their inner knowing and they can know what self-love is and feel empowered and courageous and and follow their bliss in life. And when, when I see, you know, clients able to make that shift and um, I get to guide them and, and be the honorary observer as they make these huge leaps and transitions, that just brings such great fulfillment and joy to me. Sounds like, um, it sounds like a really blessed career choice. I'm looking I, I for the do, words. I mean, yeah, I do feel blessed, and I feel I feel excitement, and I love what I do, and so I really can't ask for more than that. Um, you know, there's so many people that really don't like what they do for a living, so um, I, I do feel blessed by that. Reminds me of Paige Bartholomew saying, "I get paid to love people." What? That's exactly what I what, do. What? Yeah, I was, you were saying now it's kind of transmuted and I kind of doing the coaching with, you know, more with grown-up people that want to. And the image in my mind, quite strong, was 
Oh, yeah, you, you're finding a bunch of grown-up kindergartners that just need to be loved. Yeah, and just to learn to love themselves, which is yeah. way more important than me loving them, um, and and know how to experience self-love on a daily basis and, and, and know their own power in an effective but loving way. Um, and, and maybe even get the chance to go out and change the world and know what their purpose is. So there's, and not everybody's purpose is to change the world, but but some people feel very uh, driven to figure that out. Not to mention the fact that, you know, before you were working with, with kids, but now you're working with adults who will in turn, you know, affect the kids that that are in their life. That's actually a personal huge, growth and expansion. Exactly. And that's a huge benefit that I just love. I was working with a client the other day and we were talking about something and I said, I would love for you to consider teaching this to your kids and get the whole family involved. And I said, think of the gift that this would give your children to have this as an internal voice, this concept, you know, in built in to their operating system. And she just lit up and she said, oh, my gosh, that's even better than doing it for me is to do it so that the kids, you know, don't ever have to go to a coach for this because they'll have already had it built into their their way of being. Don't have to go get so lost to find themselves. (laughs) Still kind of boggles the mind to me, but it seems part of the thing, at least that I did. Got really, really lost. Oh, there I am. <clears throat> but you know, it's it's a strange thing. Lost and found are right next to each other. We just usually well, go the long way around. Well, you can't find anything if you haven't lost it. Right. <laughs> right. So I mean, until we're to the point where we're just celebrating what is, um, then yeah, there's going to be that strange contradiction, night, day, hate, love thing going on because it, yeah. that's just all the people you know, and things in your life are cats but we try to treat, treat them like dogs we go come here stay <clears throat> that doesn't work so well <laughs> cats get catty you know most cats I've I've known a few dog like cats but most of them you know you, oh, you're going to come over here and sit in my lap you, pick them up and bring them, they're liable to shred your arm. <laughs> it's like, it I'm doing happen. my own thing. <laughs> but I think it, I think it's a, a beautiful gift to offer to people is this ability to not only improve their own lives, but to improve the lives of the people that they touch. And, you know, to change the world, you don't really have to do it on a grand scale. Um all you have to do is do it on the personal level and allow that to affect the people around you. Exactly. So, you know, every positive change is ultimately changing the world. Yes, I believe that to transform the world, if we each just start with ourselves, um, it, it would the whole world would change. Absolutely. 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 Whoever it is, this is why we're a, we love our website being a dot me because it's all about me. No matter who's <laughs> no matter who's reading that, because if you're the one reading it, if you're the one having the experience, then you're the decider. 
it wasn't George Bush. You're the decider. You're the chooser. Because in your reality, you're the focus. You're the chooser. You're the one. All seven billion of us work for you in your reality. It's okay, though, because you work for me and mine. So I, fair exchange. And But people, that's, that's why it's not the case that, you know, some monk on a mountaintop makes a choice and the whole planet changes. It's in your world. You're the chooser. Okay. And there's yeah, a power I think, I think, in, in community as well. I mean, the um, I forget his name, the guy who studied the effect on water, the Japanese gentleman. Masuro Emoto. Yes. Emoto. And, and he found that, you know, we can totally clean up water just by a bunch of us loving that water. So I do believe that Transformation is individual, and yet there is a power in the the joint community as well. Oh, absolutely. It's part of the fun of having everybody else around, finding people that you're in tune with. But Yeah, it's definitely been proven um, time and time again scientifically, and it's in all, all the major religious teachings um, that – you know, the power of multiple thought certainly outweighs um, the power of individual thought when people unite their intention um, towards the greater good than, you know, the greater good manifests. And, but it has to start, as always, with the individual finding the desire and the will to make the changes that will allow for, you know, that growth. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, I mean, people like you are so um, so fundamental to the growth process that we are witnessing on this planet right now, you know, the, because somebody has to stand up and say, okay, yeah, I've, I've been through hell, um, but I made it to the other side, and I'll share with you what I've learned along the way if you're willing to allow me in. Mm-hmm. You know, and it it takes a very special individual to be able to do that and to be able to gain people's trust. Um, because people who are emotionally damaged are very fragile. I think one. Well, I think there's a difference between surviving and thriving. And so I didn't just survive. Oh, there it is. But I think a lot of people do survive, and 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 they're survivors, but. The question is, are they then thriving? And are they empowered and enjoying their lives? Or are they feeling stressed and like a pawn in the machine? And so that's kind of the difference um, that I want to share with people is that you can do more than survive no matter what you've come through. And the other thing that's really important is that there's so much information out there that you can absorb intellectually. Um, You can buy tons of books nowadays on spirituality, on psychological uh, personal development, healing this, healing that, how to have a great relationship. But until you can actually internalize it and integrate it into your everyday way of being, it's just an intellectual exercise. And I know because I was there. I, I knew things, and I, I could have been a therapist for as much as I knew, but I did not know how to live it and how to make changes in my own life. And so that's what I do as a coach is – 
help people, um, just like a soccer coach. You know, I stand on the sidelines and say, run that way, kick that way, do this. But it's really up to the person Keep to Keep going. Decide. You're almost there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's up to them to decide, you know, am I going to kick it? Am I going to practice when she's not around? You know, am I going to go for the goal or am I going to sit down and take a break? So um, all I do is help people and then they actually do all the work. But without that help, there are people who can do it on their own. Absolutely. I've seen it. But a lot of people need help. And I was one of them. I needed somebody to kind of help me and guide me so I know the benefit of it. It's scary. I mean, for people to to make those changes, like you said, it's it's very challenging. Looking in the mirror sucks. It is very scary. And a teacher once told me, and I love this expression: on the other side of fear is freedom, or on the other side of terror is freedom. And that is so true. And I've found I've been asked by life, by God, to make several cliff dives, cliff leaps in my life. And although um, there's no decision involved anymore, I just say yes. It doesn't take away the fear. The fear is always there, and yet you just do it anyway. And after a while, you get to where you totally trust what you're knowing is. And so there's no questioning it. Whereas in the beginning, when you're not accustomed to it and you don't know the difference between what your soul's saying and what your monkey mind is saying, or the difference between uh, your inner knowing and your ego, then you're not so sure you want to listen to it because you don't know if it's <laughs> something that can be trusted. But after you learn to trust it, the fear doesn't go away, it just becomes manageable. And on the other side of that is such freedom that it's so worth it. Yeah, it is, Faith it does is have tough, a way of overpowering fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and and uh, I think eventually, no matter how ridiculous it has to get in your life, and in my life it had to get pretty ridiculous, um, you come to a point where that's kind of all you have left. You've sort of thought about everything else, <laughs> you know? Or you're right. in so much pain that you figure it can't hurt any worse to just face the fear. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know. We 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 just seem to learn really well from getting really familiar with what we don't want first and what we are not <laughs> first. And okay, not that. <clears throat> but then you have the energy and the motivation to work at what you do want because you already saw how painful it is in the other. The direction. And what is it? Elohim calls it familiar suffering. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so the, true. The duality of it. It's suffering, but it's familiar. It's not the unknown. Mm-hmm. And somehow in society, in our, somehow we've all gotten into this, where this air of the unknown's bad, you know. And yet we're comfortable with the pain and the suffering and the sorrow. Yeah. And well, the anger and the resentment. And that, yeah. It's the closest I'd, thing I'd, you can get to certainty in reality. You know, everything changes. Uh, but the familiar suffering, since it's this pattern, this hamster wheel you've put together, you you know what's on the other side of the hamster wheel because it just goes round and round. Well, yeah, I'm not getting anywhere, but true. I know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm okay in here. 
Nothing's going to eat me. <laughs> but it's partly our societal mores that teach us that. Our culture teaches us that if we just keep working harder, um, you know, do the same thing but work harder. Well, that doesn't work. That just gets you more of the same result and you're more tired from working harder. Yeah. Well, it was Einstein that said, was it Einstein that said, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? Yes. And yet we we continue. We still continue. Society continues to do that. It's ingrained into us from the moment, you know, we come onto the planet that we're birthed. It's ingrained in our schools. It's ingrained, you know, in our media. It's ingrained in our households. Yeah, I'm hoping to help people to change that programming in their brain and, and change that uh, way of thinking and as a result change their way of being. And when you change, as as you all know, that ripple effect goes out into the world and you become a model. And whether you know it or not, other people are watching you and they're noticing you and seeing how you live. And so you may not even be aware of the impact you have and someone might meet you and you might not stay connected to them, but they're so impressed with your way of being and your energy and your loving presence. And then they go off and they decide they're going to live like that and and they figure out how to do that. And so this ripple effect when you transform yourself is huge and is way beyond just changing your life. And and that's just in general. Then you look at people who are parenting children or working with children, and you have that whole effect as well. And how many yes, you, people those children's lives will touch? And, exactly. And they told two friends, and they you never told know two friends, how far and they told two friends. You <laughs> well, once the children grow up in a different set of societal beliefs, then... It'll just be like the hundredth monkey concept. It'll just take off exponentially because the whole belief structure will change, and That's, we won't keep teaching people how to be ineffective and unhappy. Well, society sort of is the sum total of its set of beliefs. So if they yeah. grow up in different and, beliefs, society would be different. Exactly. And I believe that we're witnessing we're witnessing those changes now. I mean, I, I'm seeing them all over the news. Yes. And, and you can just look at any go. bookstore. We, it's just about break time, and uh, so why don't we take a short break, and then let's come back and talk just for a moment, uh, get the author in her to come out and talk about this publishing thing and her new book, your That's new book. Great. Talk about you like you're not here. <laughs> Radio host. Radio host, co-host thing. I don't know what that... We'll have to see about that. So... We should have something about craziness after what I just said for a song, but we don't really. Well, we do. We have Don't Know. Uh, Jordan's Don't Know, but uh, I know my partner will get me if I don't play Aquarius and Earth Prayer. So. <laughs> That's not true. That's I can not live without them once. Oh, yeah. That's not entirely true. Play whatever well, you want, Rick. Oh, Although you know it is it is the uh, glory of the age of Aquarius, but I and it's always good to to give a little prayer to the mother. But. Yes, that's one reason why I'm always you know willing to go along with it. Uh, so 
let's uh, listen to Jolene's unique take on the age of Aquarius. Uh, I'll put a link up to her website in the chat room, and it'll be on our archive tonight after the show. So uh, we'll be back in about four minutes. Stay with us, folks. Everybody has a story, a moment in their life that was a turning point to set them upon a path of self-discovery and adventure. Here at Everyday Connection, we value the sharing of those moments, recognizing them to be the inspiring and uplifting gifts that they truly are. We would like to show our appreciation, not just to our guests and sponsors, but to our listeners and supporters who make it possible for us to share those stories. If you would like to support the continued success of Everyday Connection, share your own story, or know somebody whose story can touch the hearts of others, drop by everydayconnection.me and find out how you can become a part of our ever-expanding EC family.
push the button. Almost missed it again. <laughs> A unique take I'm so on glad the... that the wonky audio that we get doesn't um doesn't translate doesn't across. Trans- I don't know why we yeah, did that because that was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nails funny. on the chalkboard. <sighs> yeah. Not the song, certainly, but the, no, no. the interference that we were getting on our end. You should probably explain that because uh, the, our listeners the, don't hear it the way we do. Yeah. We, <laughs> I Skype everybody in so that our guests don't have to figure out who, who to call, how to call. I Skype everybody in on one line and I it's something about it I think when we uh, for a while don't talk that there's you know no audio input from our end it goes wonky it just goes wonky yeah. and uh, yeah. thank you to the Brits for letting us there was an article on the BBC about all the words the Americans have stolen and wonky was one of them I don't think I heard it from the Brit I just heard it I don't know wonky but it sounds like a British word. Yeah. You know, it I really does true. now that I you mention it. True. Yeah. But it's a yeah, good word. It you... sounds like what the music does in our ears. Wonky. Well, wonky. Yeah, it's just wonky. <laughs> it's a perfect word. <laughs> so... So, what about the newspapers and the Newsweek and the let's not print stuff or or in China let's print the cool stuff. Several Chinese papers have openly criticized the government in print for detaining a man because he criticized the government. And that what did the quote say something about uh, this it seems an attempt to uh, stand against freedom of speech, which is unacceptable in a modern China. What? No, there's no changes happening in the world at all right now. No. <laughs> no, they'll never change. Look out. I, you know, I, I can't believe how many times I heard that. Um, you know, for those of our listeners who know the story well, because I mentioned it several times, but back in the day when I was tromping around the Philippines, um, recognizing what an amazing gift those particular people are to the world and saying, they're, you know, give them time. There's going to be a lot of changes in this country come, and I, I really have faith in this country and the people in it. And, you know, I mean, the last time we talked about the news, it was because um, Aquino had managed to to get the Christians and the Muslims talking, which yeah. is and the, they have a, a, a remarkable an agreed upon framework. There's still some more detail. Yeah. But yes, Elise is here. Yes. Um but but sorry Bill. You know, I mean it's, that's a example of um how many people have told me that it it's always been this way, it's always gonna be this way. It's never going to change, and I, I can't count how many times I've heard that. I think I, I even wrote a, a piece of prose about it, one of J- Bill's favorites, who happens to be in the chat room tonight, um, was um, to the naysayers. Oh, and, yeah. And that was Here's to the naysayers. so tired. 
the naysayers. I've gotten so tired of people telling me that this will never, things will never change. Um, one person can't make a difference. And yes, they can. Do a year and a year and two months on this radio show has proven to me beyond any shadow of a doubt that one person can make a difference. Um, and every single one of our guests. You know, on this planet right now, millions of people are making a difference simply by being true to themselves and shining their light into the world. Um, and of course, our guest is one. But you know, my point is that I'll, thanks to the yeah. work of her and others like her, it, it just it grows exponentially. Like she said, it, there's a ripple effect, and it's beautiful to witness. I mean, wow, we are so lucky. To be able to sit here in these and, times and see this. And remember, there's this saying we used to have. When somebody would say something totally off the wall, you'd go, wow, they must not be living on the same planet I'm on. They're not. <laughs> I'm just going to drop that on your head, and we'll see how that shakes around in there for a while. But they're not. It, I, I could go right now, probably to a bar, and find you a room full of people for whom life really does suck. Every moment is horrible. They'll tell you all about it. And you'll feel pretty bad after a while if you hang out. You'll be like, damn, give me a drink. It it, it is that choice. It is that and 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 it it, it often requires a catalyst and Please avail yourself of services like Elise has, uh, as opposed to waiting for your life to go completely to hell in a handbasket. Because, <laughs> you know. Why are we in a handbasket and how did we get here? Yeah, where are um, we going? Why are we in a handbasket? What's up with that? <laughs> and, so true. You know, you run into one of the soft brick walls and then get some reach out and get some help. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's really. no shame. There's absolutely no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in needing help. There's no shame in being in um, in a point in your life where you can't do it alone because every single one of us has been there. We've all been there, and it's so okay to ask for help. Even well, I, the experts, so-called I, I, experts, ask for help. I think about it this way, Jean. Um, when I need to have my car worked on, I don't try to read a book and figure it out myself. I take it to the expert. And when I need my taxes done, if they're complicated, I go to an expert. So um, if my pet gets sick, I don't try to heal it myself. I go to the expert, and it's the same thing. Absolutely. And and. And understand, there's it's one reason that I encourage people to go check out our archive of audio. Uh, flip through the pages till something catches your interest. Everybody we've had has had it a little bit different, you know. And their way of they might be a, some of our independent musicians that we've had on are changing the world in their way, or uh, poets. Uh, not everybody's a a coach and a counselor, a teacher. 
everybody's a teacher and everybody's a student, but not everybody, you know, does that like for their passion. It's just as spiritual to, you know, do landscaping or dig ditches or be a sanitation engineer. Is that what they call oh, it? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure glad we got some because, wow, I don't want to do it. So, <laughs> the spiritual human, a poetic guide to life on earth. A poetic guide to life on earth. That intrigues me. <laughs> so, how, how did... Tell us about a poetic guide to life on earth. I'd love to. I, um, As I mentioned, I won um, third place in the World Peace World Healing Poetry Contest by Inner Child Press. And as a result, I was going to be published. And I sent in my manuscript to Bill, and he said, can you make it a little longer, maybe about a third longer? And I said, sure. I had tons of material. and so. But when I got it back, I really sat with it, and I thought, you know, there's some opportunity here. And I just got inspired to totally revamp it, make it three times as large as it was, and um, reorganize it. And the inspiration was to use the poetry that I'd been writing for about a year, maybe eight months, to organize it into sections. And although nothing is linear, it's laid out in a linear fashion. And each chapter walks us through from what it's like to be human and dealing with our emotions and dealing with love and connections to um, stepping into new ways of looking at the world and transforming ourselves and then connecting into our oneness and ultimately living a spiritual being in a human form as a spiritual human. It always go back, goes back to that blended being. Blended beingness. <laughs> Here we go talking about blended oh, beingness. Oh, yeah, we do that twice a week, every week. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I knew it was a good fit when I read your description. And when I saw it said blended beingness, I said that's an exact fit for what I talk about. Yeah, I okay, I, so I attend Bill's show on Monday often and it's just not every time that halfway through the show I'm poaching his guest. But, <laughs> but I, I mentioned earlier, Bill, we talked about before the contest during the contest that we would have all the winners on over here at Everyday Connection. So here we go. See? There yeah, you go. So we've got two more to come. But uh, what I want to talk about is your version of Blended Venus. Because yes. Rick and I talk about it all the time. We have our guests um, on to talk about it all the time. And the reason that we do this show, the way that we do it, is because we love the diversity of Earth. Um, and we embrace the diversity of Earth. And we encourage the diversity to continue. And we understand that not every person's way of saying something is going to get through to every listener. So if we can bring on as many different people as we can, then, you know, we've done our job. So tell us more, my dear, about, you know. Poetic guide. What this do. What... Well, I'll tell you, I had not heard the term blended beingness before. And uh, so that caught my attention and I knew exactly what it meant at least in my interpretation. And so um, it just struck me because it's very much the same as saying the spiritual human in that, um, you know, the saying that we are not um, human beings having a spiritual experience, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. 
it really doesn't matter. It's which came first, the chicken or the egg. The point is that we are spiritual and we are human. And when we blend the two and we find the best way for them to integrate and work together is when we find peace and joy and meaning in life. And life becomes fun rather than stressful and challenging and hard. So that's how I interpret it is it's learning to merge the spiritual and the human in living here on this human plane. That's it. Very concisely and wonderfully said, as a matter of fact. I like that. Thank you. Did you write that down, Jean? No. <laughs> it's in my third book. Oh, okay. <laughs> would no, it be okay if I share a poem? Way, Absolutely. I would love to um I'd love to hear a poem and um if you have the poem that you you use to win the contest, I'd love to hear that too. Okay. Let me start with a different one. It's called What is my life purpose? Do you remember that time when your heart opened wide, when your soul leapt for joy, cried out in anticipation? What was it that moved you so? carried you beyond the moment into infinite possibilities. Do you remember that instance when time quietly paused as you explored the depths of a thought or marveled at the intricacies of an idea? What was it that pulled you in, took your attention willingly hostage? Do you remember that day when the breeze stroked your lashes Sweet tears crept down your cheeks, the sheer jubilation you felt for no reason except that you were happy and free. What was it that spoke to you, touched you so intensely, and gave birth to your joy? That's so beautiful. We call those the awe moments. (laughs) <laughs> not like awe, but like people are just in awe, where we are anyway, and, Thank and because you. we get to quiet like that and just. Well, oh, and Bill says to tell you, you that you're reading better here than you did on this show. <laughs> That's because you promised this with you, Bill. Um, <laughs> but the meaning of it, really, I mean, that's what your entire life's work is currently about, isn't it? It's about encouraging people to find that, to find that moment of joy and, and to continue to live it. Yes, and and there are stages, not necessarily in any order, but there tend to be stages or phases that we go through. So first is just recognizing that there's more than what we currently have in life. And, you know, whether it's a dissatisfaction or um, some kind of a, back of the mind, um, there's got to be more, whatever that is, or if it's just pain, that's an easy one to recognize. And then transforming that and transforming the way you look at things, the way you interpret life, and also developing new skill sets and new techniques, and then learning to transfer those skills and apply them in lots of different areas in your life. And then understanding love and how to apply love and receive love and self-love. And as you go through these different stages, you begin to be freer and to feel more whole and more in tune with yourself and able to stand in your own personal power. And not in a bad way, but in a wonderful, 
um, strong and beautiful way and in a way that helps others and models for others. And then ultimately, um, to feel connected to others and understand our oneness and to discover why you're here. And for some people, I loved what you mentioned earlier, because for some people, they're not here to do. You know, they're not here to go out and save the world. They're really here to just be. And just their presence alone and the shifts that they make in their own lives and in their own awareness are enough to create that ripple effect. And for other people, they are called to do. And so what they do may be very different. Like you said, for some, it may be that they clean um, houses or commercial buildings, <laughs> but they do it with such it's presence it's and such love <laughs> that they really are gifting those environments with the work that they do. I'm, I'm, I'm only laughing, my love, because um, as, as you're talking, I'm thinking about the uh, amazing team of coworkers that I work with and um, – because I do clean rooms for a living. Um, that's how I pay my bills currently is, is cleaning rooms in a hotel. What I find extraordinary about the people that I work with, and I think it can be said that this is the first time that I've ever encountered such a unique group in the actual everyday working environment, um, is that even when we get major complaints, like just sometimes you get a customer in and it doesn't matter I mean, they, their expectations are so unrealistic and their treatment of the staff is so unfair. Um, you just really can't do anything about it. And what I've discovered about the people that I work with is that not a one of them are in the habit of taking personal offense to this. The majority of the staff will look at that person in their, in their anger and and they have this look of they feel sorry for them. And the discussion is often had in my place of work um, about any customer who comes in with that type of attitude that, you know, the staff really feel sorry that they have such anger within them and that they have such discontent in their own lives that they would bring that out to others. Um, and it's remarkable to me, given that I do this and I write books, and but to see it in the everyday Workaday world, cleaning rooms in a hotel is so uplifting and inspiring for me. And it just reinforces my belief that the world is changing and it's changing rapidly and it's changing for the better and it's exciting and it's. More and more people are making I mean, that everyday connection. It, Because it, once you do, you just. It's good enough that you're. You're willing to see, okay, well, I'm not going to look at that big, hairy sphere over there, but, I, but I'll look at this little one, and they start falling like dominoes. I, 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 and really, all you have to do is be and be in that energy, and you're, you're providing for people all you can, an energetic alternative. It's all you can ever provide for people. It's true, and it, it, it's as simple as checking out at the grocery store, and how do you treat and engage with the checkout clerk? You know, you can make their day, you could have a neutral experience, or you can ruin their day. Um, and, of course, it's up to them to decide how they respond to you, but you have a lot of um, impact on other people just everywhere you go throughout your day. 
And so some people won't find some huge purpose in life that, you know, they're called to serve in this capacity. They may not find that. They may find that that their way of finding meaning and contribution in the world is to just be who they are and do what they love and just be this incredible loving presence. And that's such a huge contribution to the world. It is. I mean, that's... It's enough. That that's the backbone of of our future, right there. We can't. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be teachers and leaders and guides, but we can't build a peaceful, united existence, a peaceful, united planetary existence with respect to our diversity and respect for self and respect for each other, if not for this backbone of the everyday individual worker who's not doing anything extraordinary other than just being the love that they are being. And, you know, thank God for them. Mm-hmm. Every day I'm so grateful for those people because they're our future. They're they're taking us to the next and level. And it's... Who they are when you be open to letting them be whoever they are and not trying to pigeonhole them and... She's a maid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, gosh, you're stepping on your time. We're gonna, we're gonna have you back though. Um, well, actually, that's a great segue. If we have a moment, I'll read you yeah. the poem that won the prize. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. It's called the Tipping Point. As a child, I dreamt of making a difference. I perceived actions to be taken and people to be helped only later recognizing that changing the world is an internal experience. When I change my heart and join with the oneness of humanity, the effect plays out across the planet's skin, rippling into the lives of so many unknown, untold others in ways I can't begin to fathom with miraculous outcomes unforeseen. When I go within to find my clearest essence, and choose to live from that pure space. I broadcast my light like a beacon in the dark sky, illuminating and brightening far-off corners of the world, effecting personal healing in diverse and unique ways known only to those who receive. When I live in my sacred center, my peace emanates and evokes a cascading stillness silently washing through mankind. Through my personal awareness, I have planted the seed for a peaceful world. And a miraculous synergy takes effect as I and you and we do the same. An energetic root system connects us to one another, tapped into Mother Earth, sustained on the life support of our love and unity. Collectively, we create wellsprings of peace within us until we reach that magical tipping point. I am in love with that poem. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you. I'm in, I'm in love with the energy of that poem, and I'm going to make a strange request because I think that, um, Rick, would you be so kind as to play the Earth song, and then I want to come back and, and talk to this lady some more about how people can get this, this poetry and how people can pick up this book and um, how people can connect with her blog because... Wow, what a beautiful, graceful way of encouraging self-love. Empowering. Thank you. 
What is it someone said once? Empower others. Oh. How do you cheer? How do you, Master? How can I cheer myself up? Go cheer somebody else up. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. All right. So this is our dear friend Inavi with Earth Prayer, uh, and I'll get her link up because she's doing amazing things with the Earth Prayer Project. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us.
creator of all things, of the west and the thunder, of the east and the sun. In the north, the shining elders, and the south, our mother's womb. To those above and below us, to the seen and unseen, those who have walked before and after, we ask your assistance to live simply. Please forgive us, for we know not what we do. And we thank you for all your help. Welcome back, everybody. That was our dear friend Ina V at inav.com. And uh, she's actually just recently made a video of that song that's beautiful. And I thought it was a, a good punctuation to um, the poem that our guest read right before the break, um, a poem that can be found, I'm sure, in her new book, um, The Spiritual Human, A Poetic Guide to Life on Earth. And certainly see how that would be a winner as a submission. Oh yeah, absolutely. Was it zero? Oh yeah, like duh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess yeah. I guess that's what yeah. That's kind of the energetic behind me saying it is duh. Yeah, of yeah. course. I would have picked it too. Um, awesome stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, kudos to the judges. Um, for for giving that that particular poem recognition, it, it certainly deserves. Um, and to of course, Inner Child for holding the competition in the first place, and to the author of the poem for for taking that energy and putting it out into the world in such a, a beautiful, graceful manner. Bill. Picking on. It's probably why we didn't get back on the self-publishing and print-on-demand subjects. Bill is passionate. My, my partner Gene's pretty passionate on that one. That's another soapbox we could get out. That's yeah, our we're not going to do that tonight. We, we, we can soapbox. We're really good at that. We're passionate about some things in life, you know, like making sure people know how awesome they are. Absolutely. And it, from the words we've heard so far, your book does that in a in an amazing and powerful way. I hope so. I hope it helps people to really get in touch with their inner essence and the beauty that lies within each of us. So how can people um, 
people who are in, in search of that little extra added assistance uh, connect with you and find you? And how can they find this book? Um, because if, if that's just one of the poems or two of the poems that are in it. I'm sure it's an amazing collection. Of there writing. are actually 190 poems altogether, so it's quite a big wow. collection. Um, and it's eight chapters, and as I said, it kind of walks you through the whole experience of of going from just being a human to actually thriving as a spiritual human. And the way they can connect with me is at my website. It's eliseonlife.com, and that's E-L-I-S-E, and then the word on, and then the word life, L-I-F-E dot com. Um, and then there's a tab for books, and you can go and order the book right there. And there are tabs to learn about my coaching services or to check out my blog and subscribe to the blog or get on my mailing list. And I would recommend all of the above. The blog is free, <laughs> and um, I wrote it every day for about a year and a quarter. And now recently I write two or three times a week. And so there are over 600 posts that you can search in the archives. So if you have a topic you're interested in, you can just type it in in the search field and you'll get all the posts related to that topic. How awesome That's is that? awesome. So, so a wealth of, of information and inspiration, no doubt. Um, mm-hmm. One-stop shopping. Yes. There you go. <laughs> That's why it's a lease on life. It's not a lease on this, that, it, the whole thing. <laughs> Big picture, but uh, uh, and of course I've, I've been putting links up in the chat room all throughout the show, and we'll have them on our archive page. But our wonderful and beloved podcast listeners, uh, and you all know who you are and where you are because I don't. But uh, <laughs> it's that but we quanti- do know that you're all over the planet, and we love you for it. We love um, you to death, certainly. and it's a quantum thing. You're. Your presence is felt and appreciated. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so, so encouraging to see the numbers continue to grow. And we're just so, so grateful to our listeners for being a part of this journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, So, we've got eight minutes, Elise on Life, who's giving... all the people that she meets a new lease on life. You have a message to give the world. What would you say? I would say that if you want to transform your worries and your fears, and if you want to live in your personal power and feel confident and know and trust yourself, if you want to know what it's like to have self-love and to be happy and find meaning in your life, Um, It is possible to honor and rediscover that essence, that core of you, and to really be able to hear your inner knowing. It is possible to pursue your passions and to pursue your bliss and to integrate so that your soul and your humanness coexist happily and joyfully. And if you're interested in someone to help you in that process, there are lots of people out there, but I would be honored if you'd consider me and you can check out my website. Um, I can tell you that my clients who've worked with me um, have sent me amazing testimonials, and so I know that the work I do is making a difference. And um, it helps people to really become accountable for what they want out of life. Um, And that doesn't mean necessarily goal-directed as much as it is 
experience or feeling directed, that they want to feel inner peace and they want to feel joy on a daily basis, and they want to feel valued and validated and seen in life. And all of that is totally accessible, really, to anyone and everyone. You just have to want it and be willing to take the steps and do the work and and face the fear. And it just makes it easier if you have someone to help you and be there by your side. So I'd be happy to be that person if it feels right to anyone who's listening. Absolutely. And you guys can find her. Again, it's Elise on Life. You can also find her. The archive will be up tonight or tomorrow, probably tomorrow, um, at everydayconnection.me. And uh, just amazing stuff. Thank you for being. I want to thank you both for having me on your show. And I really appreciate, Rick, that you tuned in on Monday night and were excited enough to contact me. It's been a real pleasure. Well, it's been a pleasure here, too. And uh, and I wasn't kidding when you're welcome back anytime. Member of the EC family now, just like the IC family. See, we've got the inner child family and the EC family. That sounds great. Would you like me to close out with a little poem? That would be fantastic. It would be awesome. This one is called Opening Up to You. The adorable bump on your nose, the freckle on your cheek, your silly, infectious giggle. What precious beauty I see in every aspect of you. When you reach out to give, lifting up with kindness, buoying with encouraging words. What loving energy I sense emanating from you. It's futile to resist. I find myself like a flower facing the sun, unabashedly opening up to you. What a beautiful way to end the show. Mm. Just awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, folks. Well, that's a perfect note to say have a wonderful weekend. Have a wonderful life, uh, but have a wonderful weekend. And uh, we hope you'll join us again on Tuesday. Uh, we have Jean's crazy sister, Stacy. Oh, <gasps> my, my crazy sister, Stacy, too. Sister Stacy's coming. Stacy in the know we don't mean coming. she's a nun. Nope. She's the uh, total opposite of that. <laughs> Um, but oh my God, is she ever a lot of fun? So uh, that'll be that'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be that's a blast. Definitely a we always laugh and have fun, and uh, absolutely. She'll, I'm sure, channel the professors, and they take no questions. No holds barred. And so questions. if you have questions, and yeah, um, they don't just be aware. They're they always on it. Up. They just tell you how it is that they see it. So. It, yeah, there there won't be any uh, sugar coating and bunnies and rainbows yeah, on that yeah. show. When when will my voice go up? Well, when are you going to start yeah, loving yourself? What's going on here? You know, <laughs> if, if you're serious about finding answers and uh, you're into some really blunt in your face solutions, um, and not to say that they actually ever give solutions, really they 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 don't encourage the way around. They just kind of tell you how. No, they they encourage you to figure it out on your own. Yeah. But um, 
it, it'll be honest. Let's say, I mean, you want to hear truth, that's, that's the show for it, because you're going to hear a whole lot of truth. As we, as we did tonight. So, Absolutely. Elise, and uh, everybody have a tremendous weekend. Join us on Tuesday. And until then. Stay connected. Night, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details so you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.